Welcome back to Source Code, Decipher's weekly news wrap podcast. Topping the news this week were several security warnings and alerts from the U.S. government. On Tuesday, the FBI warned that U.S. election and other state and local government officials in at least nine states received invoice-themed phishing emails, which in some cases were sent from compromised legitimate email addresses. The emails, observed in October, shared similar attachment files and were sent close in time, which the FBI said suggested a quote-unquote concerted effort to target election officials. The phishing emails led recipients to a website designed to steal their login credentials. Nick Biasini, head of outreach with Cisco Talos, said that in this situation, having multi-factor authentication set up could help curb the impact of the attack. I mean, it's concerning anytime you see election officials being targeted in any way. It's definitely something to take note of and be concerned about. A couple of things that jumped out at at the very least, it wasn't a spear phishing campaign, at least. So it it seems to be a little bit more of a wider net than we would see otherwise. So that at least is a little bit of a positive thing. Um, And one other thing is that these election uh, organizations have been working for a while to deal with this type of threat. And this is one of the reasons why we always talk about multi-factor authentication being so important, because in this case, they were purely just looking to, to harvest credentials. And if you did have MFA set up, then yes, there's some damage that can be done with those credentials, but what they're able to do with them is far less severe than what they would be able to do otherwise. U.S. election security has long been a concern, especially with the midterm 2022 elections coming up. But Biasini said that many organizations have spent years trying to improve their security by evaluating and mitigating any risks. So the way I look at it is there's kind of two broad categories around threats to election and election security. There are those that are going after the actual election organizations, the votes, the tallying and that type of stuff. And then there's the whole misinformation, disinformation side of things Uh, from a protecting elections from a, a, a purely security standpoint. A lot of these organizations have spent years working to really improve the security around these to help minimize the risk and evaluate the risk that they are facing to try and mitigate it in as many ways as they can. Also this week, the U.S. government warned enterprises about ongoing attacks against uninterruptible power supplies, or UPS for short. UPS devices, like many other internet-connected non-computing devices, often come with factory-installed credentials that are meant to be changed by each user after they are installed. However, not every organization takes the time to do that, and that makes these valuable tools for attackers. CISA said that changing the default credentials is a key first-line mitigation for attacks on UPS devices. The agency also recommended that enterprises enforce the use of multi-factor authentication on any UPS device connected to the internet. Finally, researchers this week analyzed a campaign where attackers used compromised Microsoft Exchange servers to send phishing emails, which included malicious attachments that then infected victims with the ICED ID malware. Ryan Robinson, researcher with Intizer, explains the campaign, which was first observed in mid-March and appears to still be ongoing. 
So we first initially noticed uh, an email that was sent to a petrol distribution company. And what was particularly odd about this email was that uh, there was a reply in English to what was originally a non-English thread. In fact, it was in uh, Ukrainian to start with. And what this email had was an attached password protected zip file. And uh, the password to this was provided within the body of the email itself. And upon opening this file, there was uh, a disk image file inside it. And when you open this disk image file, it uh, automatically mounts uh, since Windows 10, I believe. Um, there was a DLL file and a shortcut or link file. And when you click this link file, it executes the DLL file using reg svr32. And this DLL file is sort of a complex packer that will um, unpack uh, a resource from it, so like a bitmap uh, image. And it will load this in the memory and execute that as code. And this payload was the iced ID uh, uh, GZIP loader. And then that leads to uh, iced ID infection. Um, so there's quite a lot of effort to hide this uh, iced ID uh, payload from multiple stages and techniques such as fileless code. Um, upon looking into the email headers, uh, we noticed them coming from, from Microsoft Exchange uh, uh, servers. Um, and the uh, Exchange uh, version numbers of these were uh, all uh, unpatched and they were publicly exposed as well, which makes the proxy, uh, proxy shell vector a good theory. Um, the use of conversation hijacking is quite a powerful uh, social engineering technique that can increase the rate of a successful uh, phishing attempt. And so by using this approach, you know, the email appears more legitimate and is transported through normal channels, which can include uh, security products. Researchers said that the majority of the compromised exchange servers they observed as part of the attack appear to be also unpatched and publicly exposed, making the proxy shell vector a good theory. Thanks for tuning in to this week's Source Code Podcast. While you were hacking the planet, I was trying to decide for what it